Chris Griffin. Welcome, bro. It's 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. You've made the trip out. Your eyes are bloodshot. You're tired. You're yeah. about to drive up to the Goldie today, but you've you've made the trip out to the West to jump on the podcast. And, man, I respect the commitment. As I was saying before, I thought I was going to get a message last night saying, nah, sorry, bro, I can't do this. So, man, thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate it, man. Had to, had to pull through. You know, uh, when I commit to something, I really want to make sure I'm following through on that. And, and here we are today, which is good. Up to the Gold Coast today, new big change for me moving up there. And, um, and yeah, I thought I would stop by and, and do a quick pod beforehand. It's dark outside, but we love that. <laughs> getting it done, baby. And that, that's what it's about. It's just turning up and getting shit done when it's needed, eh? Exactly right, dude. I wanted to give the listeners a bit of context of who you are. Now, they can go and listen to other podcasts to kind of dive into your whole story. But for myself and for the listeners, what do we need to know about you to better understand the man that's sitting in front of us right now? I'm just a normal guy, right? And it's so crazy because people kind of look at someone with, you know, maybe an audience or a following online and they kind of look at them as so far away as that's not achievable that's not a life that they can live but the reality is is it's it's nothing it's nothing special i had 300 followers this time last year and you know for the people listening I, my name's chris and i'm from a small town called ellie beach in the sundays um and i moved to the gold coast at you know 12 years 12 years old and then i moved to sydney Australia when I just turned 18 and um, we were going into a lockdown and in 2020 and I, I literally moved to the Gold moved to Sydney and then shared a, shared a better told the story time and time again with a friend and you know just just had this eagerness to succeed in business and really wanted more and greatness in our lives um, and I just went after it and it was really challenging. Um, but I guess just for me, it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm obsessed with business and, and, you know, personal empowerment, wealth building. And I love, uh, teaching that online and, and sharing messages and lessons that I learn across my social media platforms with the hopes to inspire other people to achieve the lives that they want to live. Um, and I, and I document that and, and post videos daily. And yeah, I guess that's what's kind of been a, the main part of my life for, for the last year, I guess, and um, looking to keep ramping that up as the years go, goes on. What's your, your driving factor to be able to put yourself out there on social media and do what you do? Because at the same time, is there a level of imposter syndrome now, considering you went from, you know, you're just a normal guy? And you've kind of blown up overnight. And I put that in quotation mark because a lot of people see the just a quick jump and all these videos that you put out. But there's a lot of ups and downs and there's a whole journey behind that. And you just say, I'm just a normal kid. But what makes you different compared to everyone else? Well, I gave it a crack. As soon as you post that first video, you're in the top 1% because people aren't willing to do that. Mm. And so that's the first thing. But also, when you actually strip back to where the drive comes from, is I've wanted to help people and I look at the bigger goal of wanting to write a book, tour the world and, you know, become a trusted voice and be able to share a message, lesson, journey that I've been through. And what's the way to reach people to share that message and become a trusted voice? Social media. I had to post. That was the first step. 
But for me to go, okay, I've got to post this video. I'm going to start talking about business. I'm going to start um, posting my lessons that I'm learning while I'm while I'm learning them. You've, of course, you've got imposter syndrome because you're like, who wants to listen to me? Who am I to be sharing this message? Can't they just go listen to someone that's actually better? And then my mentor, one of my mentors, Lewis, said this thing to me when I was on the edge of posting, and it shot my imposter syndrome in the foot. It literally was the reason that started to allow me to post. And he said, you don't, have to be three, you don't have to be the best at what you're teaching. You just need to be three steps ahead of the people that you're teaching. And when I heard that, I'm just like, wow. You don't need to be the best at what you're teaching. You just need to be three steps ahead. There are people three steps behind you that would love to know how you got to where you are right now. And you don't need to be the best. And when I understand that, I go, it is being selfish for me not sharing this message because I'm too scared of what people are going to think. And so with that, I posted the first vid and the second vid and I started posting, posting, posting and getting no traction. But I guess you can't expect to get traction early days. You've got to focus on the output as opposed to the outcome and making sure that you're constantly being consistent, you're constantly posting. And that's what I did. And um, it went really well after, you know, I was posting for a whole year and, and gained 300 followers and then I, I started posting again in June last year for a month and that's when it really started to take off. Did it quite, come quite naturally to you to record yourself in video? Like for, for me, it seems like you're very well spoken and from my understanding, you're like the cool kid growing up, you're the popular kid so you weren't afraid of having conversations and being, being on camera or like being in social settings. Did it come easy being in front of a camera? No. Yeah. No, it's horrible. Like, there's a video I wish I could show you right now um, that I posted, and it was like a transformation because I get this all the time. You're just lucky you're confident in front of camera. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Can I swear on this? Yes, Sorry. go for it. <laughs> like, what do you mean I'm confident in front of camera? I've not always been like this. Yes, I am now. Yes, I can record in public. Yes, I can do it naturally right now easily with ease. But I've posted 500 videos in which they're all spoken directly to camera and each one of those might have taken 15 attempts to master because when you, when you see a, a video of me speaking the camera for a minute, there's a lot that goes into that video. I'm sitting at a cafe with a blank notes pad writing that video and I've got to narrate it in a way that's engaging. I've then got to remember that script because I can't be looking at a script while I'm, while I'm speaking it because I'm one taking it. I'm not cutting the whole thing. Mm. And so I've got to remember a minute to 90 seconds script. Then I've got to press play and hope that I remember that script and deliver it in an engaging way. And that might take 15 times sometimes. I might be sitting in my car or in wherever for hours filming videos. And then off the back of that, you've got to take it, edit it in terms of finding the right audios, which is the, was so important and all of that and, and, and the captions. And then I've got to upload it to social media channels. And if you do that enough times, you get better. But equally, it's not even that. It's not even the reps in front of the camera. It's everything else. What I did was I was 16, young kid. And I wanted to make it in business. I wanted to make a lot of money. I wanted to, there was things I was running away from, different life that I, d I didn't want to live, that I had seen through my fa family. And I wanted to make something out of my 
my life. And so I thought, okay, what is the most universal skill set that I can do today that, and for the, for the time being, that's going to be in my life for the rest of my life? What is one skill set that I can learn? Because a uni degree is not going to help me for the rest of my life. Some, like, so these specific skills are not going to. So what's one thing that I can focus on? And the most important skill set that I deemed was to, to do was communication. It's like I need to be able to talk. Because when I can be a master communicator, I can get, I can sort of get myself in the right rooms. I can articulate my message better. I can um, have the ability to influence and sell. And so I go, okay, I need to learn how to communicate. What's the best way to do that? Go get a sales job. So I want to get a sales job. And that's honestly my number one advice for everyone starting out is get a sales job, you know, on the phones, door knocking or you know, any, any sorts of sales because you're getting reps in time and time again. You're getting shut down. You're getting told to fuck off quite literally. And it's the most uncomfortable job and that's why they get paid more because it's very hard. But if you can get over that first little phase of the couple of months where you don't want to get out of bed in the morning and do, do that job and just keep pushing through, you're going to get better and better and better. And that literally directly correlates to how well you can press play and record. Time and time again, I had a video of me before I did the sales job, did not record any videos until the end, and then I got left the sales job and I filmed another video, and it was, the difference was insane. And all I did was sell in, in, in the meantime. Mm. And when you look at it, every day we're selling. Mm. We're selling ourselves on social media, whether it be with the value and the knowledge that we're sharing in our workplace, building a business, a personal brand. Like We're always selling and we're always communicating with people and communication is the number one skill that you need to learn mm -hmm. and people don't see the journey behind that especially as content creators i remember when i first started and for me i'm a naturally shy quite introverted kid i wasn't the cool kid at school and i wasn't very out there i just kept to myself so to have a camera in front of me fucking hell yeah, yeah. it would take over an hour just to record i remember my first podcast episode three minutes long it took me over an hour to record because I thought it had to be perfect. I kept stuffing up and I was like, why, why am I doing this? But by continuing to put in the repetitions, this is my fifth year of podcasting, nearly 300 episodes. And from where I started to where I am now has been massive in, mm. in my growth and my development when it comes to my communication. But it just comes from putting in the repetitions day after day after day because the more reps you put in, the more evidence you build in your backpack to say, hey, I can actually do this. Mm -hmm. And then you build confidence off the back of that. Do you still struggle though, day-to-day -day recording videos or are you pretty good with it now? Oh, there's zero struggle at all. Yeah? There's zero struggle at all. I'm going to break it to everyone that wants to post content. Every single video that you post now, you're going to look back and hate it. Mm. You're going to think it's shit. The content you're putting out is shit. It's shit. But you've got to put it out. You've yeah. got to put the reps in. Like you literally... Like every single video I film, I know I'm going to look back and go, I'm not going to like this video. It's good now, but it's going to be shit because you're constantly getting better. So time and time again, I've gained all this traction on social media and all my friends were inspired to post. And I'm like, fuck yeah, like post, it's great. But then they go, oh, I'm just going to get a backlog first so I can make sure I post consistently. I did the same thing. I'm going to do 30, I'm going to have 30 videos 
in my drafts and banked ready to go so that then I can post every day for a month and not have to worry about missing a day. And I say to them, I guarantee you, if you make a backlog of 30 videos, you'll only post 10 of them because you'll get to day 10 and you won't be satisfied with the other 20 and you're not going to post any of them and you're going to leave them all because they're all that shit. And so my advice to you is not record 30, put your back against the wall, have a backlog of 10 or 15 and you might post them all, but you're going to get better every single day that you film. So if you try and backlog all of these videos, you're not going to like the ones you filmed 20 days ago. But by you having this backlog, you're never going to release them. And the releasing them is like a direct feedback loop. You're getting to know if that video was good or not by the engagement and by what people think. And so you need to post the video. Don't just film them. Don't just backlog them. If you're going to do it, do it and, and start posting. And know that your videos are shit, but it's fine because you only need to be three steps ahead of the people that you're teaching. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. And I'll be honest, when I was doing the research for this episode and seeing you speak about just posting daily, it inspired me to do the same. And I've actually been starting posting daily myself. And yesterday, it took me like 20 minutes to record like two or three videos. And I was like, fuck, this sucks. But at the same time, I know it's going to pay off because I'm putting in those repetitions. And just by posting daily, even though a part of me is like, that fear of judgment, like, fuck, what are people going to say? What are they going to think? That imposter syndrome. But you're just going to push through that and you're just going to post it. And I've started posting some stuff and it's getting good feedback. People are seeing the value in it. And it's like, oh, what, why are we creating this narrative in our head of what we're recording stupid? Or why are we wasting our time doing this? Just do it. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what can come off the back of it. Yeah. And no one's... Like when you need the, the, the journey that we are on, you have to recognize that when you need the support, it's never going to be there. Mm. It's only there when you make it in which you don't need it anymore. Like when I was posting videos and had no followers and they were getting no views and the, the lighting was shit and I had a ring light in my eyes and I wouldn't blink and like, and I was posting maybe the exact same message but it was getting 20 views instead of 2 million views. No one was sending a message saying, great vid, mate, or great message, or lovely stuff. They weren't, but that was the time I needed the support. I needed the support from my friends and family and the the people that I care about, because then was when it was hard to post. Like posting that video was a big deal for me. But then you start blowing up, and all of a sudden there's this thing in people where they go, Oh, now he's good. Now he's what he's saying is credible. Now I like what he's saying. Oh, he's got a good message. And it's like, no, I have 200,000 followers and I'm posting the same video and with some better lighting and I look a bit more mature and I've got a mustache. It's the same message. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same message a lot of the time. I've been, I have gone back to my first 10 videos and I've recreated the video now, but because people trust me now, the video goes well. Same message. Mm. Same message. Same message that would literally get 200 views um, is, is, is got merit. It's got value. So just understand that by you not doing it, like doing the thing that you're putting off doing, it's like no one cares about you now. Like no, honestly, they don't care about what you have to say. So you need to break that barrier. You need to keep going. And it's, it's, you've got to want to do it because it's, mm. it's certainly not easy. And it's, it's 
not it's not as simple as just posting videos it's not what my job is i don't just post videos for a living yeah um there's a lot more that goes into it um so you need to recognize that too but i think if you want to give it a go you've got to you've got to get started and it's cool to see that you're posting daily yeah you've got to build that social credibility because that's that's the world we live in right you could be posting the same kind of financial advice or business advice of Alex Tomosi, but who's going to get the most views? Mm. Because he has that social credibility. Yeah. But you're never going to build that if you don't start. He's also got the business credibility yeah. too, though. That's yeah. it. It's an interesting one with business content too, because like I, I with business content, you're, you're sharing your lessons and you're sharing value. And it is a lot harder if you haven't created a successful business because you don't actually have that credibility yeah. there. Um, it's like learning from a school teacher. A business. It's like going to business school. You're learning from a teacher teaching you business, not a business owner. Yeah. You're going to learn ten times more by going out in the trade with someone that's running a successful business and just interning for them for free for three months yeah. than paying all this money to a professor that has not even got his own business. So, like, it's the same thing when you're posting online. Like, it's it's got value, but. Like and your message, I'm sure it does, but it's very hard to click to someone because you can't say, "I sold this company for." I'm interviewing the founder of Culture Kings literally next week, and he's taking him to his house. But he can literally say at the start of his videos, he's got no followers. He's just started his social media. He's blowing up now, but he's like, "I sold Culture Kings for six hundred million dollars, and this is a lesson I learned." It's like boom, instantly. Okay, yeah. that's credibility. That's not something you can just fake. Um, but in saying that. It shouldn't stop you from posting and it shouldn't stop you from starting. Do you get caught up in the numbers at all? I used to, but like it just depends on the numbers. When I'm trying to grow something, yes. When the objective is to grow something, then yes. Um, like, but when you get to a certain amount of followers on Instagram and stuff, like it ticks over a thousand and it's just like one little number on the screen, not recognizing a thousand people around the world have just followed you and that I'm getting a thousand every day now. And um, it's a bit numb, but like my podcast, for example, which is fresh, it's new. I'm kind of a bit more on the pulse with the numbers there. So like the goal is to be growing that and it's doing really well. But um, uh, but yeah, I, I try my best not to, but the, the new stuff certainly. And if something's going really viral, it's it's very easy to... Mm. being just drawn to the numbers for sure yeah i used to get caught up a lot in it and i guess put myself down oh it's not growing but i changed my perspective and was like imagine if i was in a stadium with a thousand people that's a lot of people or mm. ten thousand or fifty thousand like fuck that is a lot of people yeah it may not be hitting millions but imagine just that many people in front of you and it, you just flip your perspective like okay i'm grateful for all these oh, people that crazy. have taken the time to view comment share my content like that is that is amazing like who the hell am i yeah it's <laughs> it's it's wild honestly like i've said this story before but the day i hit a hundred thousand followers um i was walking into the mcg the largest one of the largest stadiums in the world hundred thousand capacity mm. um stadium and i literally hit a hundred thousand followers that night when i was going to the game and I walk into the stadium and obviously it's huge, one of the biggest stadiums in the world, 100,000 people capacity. And I look at it and go, I can fill this whole stadium and all I see online is one, zero, zero and a K. That's all you see. You see three numbers and a K, but when you actually conceptualize the number, that is absurd. It's ridiculous. 
Um, but yeah, to to your point, a thousand followers, five hundred followers. It's it's like it's it's good numbers, and the goal is to keep growing. And obviously, progression. We we always want to be progressing. Um, but yeah, I think I think still recognizing how much you've came. But if you've got some higher standards and you're striving to do, I don't think there's, I don't think it's negative to want more. That's for sure. Mm. I'm curious, where was that seed planted for you to go on this journey of of business and social media? And you mentioned not living the way that your family lived. You wanted something more for yourself. Mm. Where was that seed planted, or where was, I guess the opportunities for you to actually go out and pursue that. Yeah, well, I wanted more. And the reason for that is because there was problems within my family that I didn't want to happen in my family. Like, I didn't want I didn't want that to happen. Like, different divorces from financial problems, um, you know, constantly complaining about things that don't actually matter because money's a problem. And I kept seeing these common themes in the family. And I knew that any traditional career wasn't going to get me there. And it really wasn't. And the problem I had was I was getting pulled in so many directions at school and from my family and my parents, like, what are you going to do? Like, should you do this? Like, go to a careers night and look at all these stupid people standing at a, at a stool. Like, it's, it, I didn't know. I was very lost. Um, and I was, I was really confused on what to do with my life, but I knew I wanted something more. So I just seeked answers. But the seed was planted like I was hanging out with a, a – a, I started becoming best, my best friend in the Gold Coast was Harry, and his family is really wealthy. And, you know, seeing them have really nice cars and, and really massive houses and really luxury stuff, I was really like, this is great. Like, I want this. Um, and it gave me the belief that it was possible, but I just had to seek the answers. Um, and then I started hanging out with my best friend, um, now best friend Sam, and he was learning some stuff about business. And then straight away, instantly, like I'm seeing on your bookshelf, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like I read that book and understood money and got an, got an understanding on money. And then I, it just snowballed from there. And it literally switched overnight from being this cool jock kid in grade 12 footy boy to all in on business. And I literally changed, like ask anyone back then, I literally changed overnight, whereas all my focus and motivation went from being this cool footy kid to, no, I'm doing this business thing and I'm literally going all in on it. And I didn't bring a workbook to school, not that I really did anyway in grade 12, but I started bringing like rich dad, poor dad or business books to school and I was launching an Amazon business um, and I was doing like all this product research and stuff in school instead of doing the work. I was just getting the girls to do the assignments. And, um, and, and yeah, and so like it just literally switched, but you asked about the desire and like where did that come from? I think from a young age it's been there, but I just didn't know because my family have no money. There's no... There's no evidence in my family that 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 being successful is possible, and um, so I had to seek it elsewhere. And then when I found Harry, and then a few other things that people were doing, I started to have this belief that it was possible. Is it a driving factor to build what you're building to be able to give back to your family? Because when I was listening to a podcast, you said you want to give back because they don't deserve that, that stress anymore. It's a huge driver. Like, 
I just seen it too many times, money problems in the family being the root cause of problems like divorces, breakups, arguments, fights, constant complaining or or like being consumed by little things that don't actually matter, like how much the milk prices are increasing at the shops or the fuel prices. Like if you're speaking about fuel prices and 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 like if you're speaking about fuel prices you've got a money problem because if they're going up 20 cents a liter like a whole tank is like five five dollars more whatever whatever it is and all of these things constantly consume you they constantly consume you if you say like in the back if if you've got all these things lurking in the back of your mind oh like i've, I've got like this little bill to pay i've got these little things you start like your concept around money and your association with it is negative. And for me, I just see it time and time again be such a focus point in people's lives. Not about making money, about the things that they have to pay for and the, and the like, like you might, there might be a product that's being sold and you're like, oh, it's way too expensive. It's like, well, maybe for you, but maybe they're trying, not trying to sell it for someone like you. Like there's too many problems that are caused from money and i just saw it happen time and time in my family where they're stressed they're working jobs they don't like they're getting sore and trades and and all the stuff that don't have much longevity in terms of how your body's going to feel and i just really am so driven to be able to give them the life that they deserve and, and the reason i feel like they deserve it so much is because they've made me who i am like admittedly i had to go against the grain and go against what they thought but the the reality is is they still brought me up they're my parents i'm so grateful for the upbringing that i've had it's shaped me to who i am today and i just feel so cool to be able to give them everything that they could ever want in their life talks to me about going against the grain and how uncomfortable that is especially coming from that family unit where they didn't have that mindset around around money around business around life and you're like you know what? i'm going to go on this totally different path mm. they may not have believed in you or wanted you to do that how uncomfortable was it to go against the grain yeah well comfortable is relative because you're comparing it to what how many uncomfortable times you've been through mm. and so comfortable was it was certainly uncomfortable back then but then you kind of just got to strip back to what are the other options because yeah, going against the grain is uncomfortable, but working a job that I hate just to live for a weekend that's very fleeting is uncomfortable too. Don't get me wrong. So you look at the alternative. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, there's sacrifice. Yes, there's things that you're missing out on. But there's also so much more to gain. So I kind of like, like going against the grain, the most uncomfortable part in that early phase was honestly the fact that I lost all my friends and had no one to hang out with and no one to relate to. And it's a very lonely chapter. It's a very lonely journey. You know, Alex Somozzi talks about the lonely chapter where you're, you're not quite at the level of your future friends, but you've outgrown your old friends and you're in this weird in-between phase where you're trying to make something work, but it's not working and you don't know anyone that you can just call and relate to. Like that's the uncomfortable feeling. But that is the entrepreneurial journey and it, and it quite literally is something that every entrepreneur is going to go through. Um, but as it gets on, as the time gets on, you're kind of 
callousing your mind time and time again. You're going through more hard times. So then the comfortability is relative. You can go through the shit that used to be uncomfortable quite comfortably now. You can keep pushing through a lot of the hard times that you're going through because you're comparing them to way more harder times. And so I think the more times you get landed on your face, the more times you get pushed down and you get back up, you're stacking evidence that you are who you say you are and you're stacking evidence that you can get through this. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And the more times you do that, the easier those uncomfortable times get. And all those uncomfortable times are adding to all the chapters in your story. And I was having this conversation with a mate of mine the other day because I was speaking about transitioning out of my day job into doing my media company and my podcast on a more full-time business uh, basis. And he goes, you got to think about what story do you want to tell when you're on your deathbed? The one of safety? The one of, yeah, you just worked your nine to five, good pay, had kids, family house, retired, or someone who actually went out there and chased the dream who had all the setbacks but overcame them and learned and, and grew and was able to pass down that knowledge to future generations, what story do you want to share? Yeah, well, the better the story, like, it's got to be down, like, I was listening to Hormozy, Alex Hormozy on the drive here, and he's talking about the most recent investment he made in school, and he said to the founder, he said, the thing that I'm most interested in doing is the thing that has the best story because he's like the thing you can you can tell the, the story that i can tell the better that is the i'm more inclined than i am to do it and he uses this thing around the content that he's making when he's getting two views matters the things that you're doing that have no views matters uh, matters right now because when you blow up and when you get massive don't you worry, the people are going to go back and find those vids. Mm. He, so he's kind of looking at it like, I'm going to post these vids now. If they get two views, that's fine. Because people don't need to watch those vids now. They can watch them in a few years once I've built up that trust. But it's going to make this amazing story. It's going to make this relatable story. And I think there's so much power in that. But there's so much story that I want to be able to tell. But it's more specifically to inspire those people that are lost in school to give them that belief that it is possible. Like they can literally do whatever they want. And, I'm, and I mean that. Like they can, you can literally do whatever you want. You've just got to, like, it's like, you've just got to actually do it. And you've just got to start. And, you know, the, I did a poll on my Instagram and asked them about, like asked people about what their biggest fears are. And the number one thing that kept coming up was the fear of failure. It was so regular, like the fear of failure. And I just sat back and I look at it and I go, you don't have the fear of failure. You have the fear of what other people are going to think of you if you fail. Because when you're playing a video game alone and you die in the game, you're a bit bummed, but you don't really care. You just get back up and start again because no one's watching you. You're alone. But as soon as there's people around, you're scared of failing. But that means you're not scared of failing. You're scared of what they're going to think of you if you fail. So when you understand that, you go, okay, so you're not doing the things that you want in your life and giving things a crack because of people that don't actually even matter. Because when your head hits the pillow at night, you are always going to have yourself by your side. So you should respect that person more than everyone else. You should look after that person more than everyone else. The person that you're always going to have, you. 
And so when you start doing things for you, you start to take more action. You start to take more risks because you actually look back and go, I'm actually doing this for me and, and not anyone else. And by doing so is when you start building that amazing journey. But the journey I want is just unique to me. It's my journey. But I just hope that I can share, inspire and document that so that people that are in the same shoes that I was can take that first step and go on that journey themselves and create their own path and their own life that has some level of significance. They're not just living this this average life that has no significance and no meaning. I want people to give, a cra- give it a crack and when they're lying on their deathbed, I want them to be proud of the life they did. I want them to be saying, um, oh well, as opposed to what if with all the mistakes that they've made. Now, there's going to be people out there and go, oh, it's great. Chris is 20. He can take all this risk. He can do all these things. I have responsibilities. I have kids, family, mm. bills, all that kind of stuff. What's your piece of advice to them? Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's way more. It's way harder. Bloody earth. I got nothing to lose. Yeah. I could call, if, if all shit hit the fan, I could call five people and probably have a couch to sleep on. All I have is me to, to rely. Like, I don't need, I don't, like, and, and that's a blessing. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's the biggest blessing because I don't have a family on the line to lose or to put through hardship because it's just me. So look, I haven't been in that shoes, so I can't really talk on it. But what I can say is what are the things that you can do to you? Basically you still need to give things a go. You just need to have a better risk. You need to have a better risk tolerance. You need to be able to manage risk better. I have an absurd amount, absurd risk tolerance in the sense that I just take the most ridiculous risks that probably shouldn't be taken and um, like maniac stuff that you just probably shouldn't do. But with a family and stuff, I wouldn't recommend doing the things that I've done. 100% would not recommend it. I'll make sure that your safety net is, is good enough. I'd make sure that there is proof that the results are going to be had before taking the leaps because like, when you've got a family, the last thing I would ever do is want to have kids when money's a problem because like it's fine to be done, but it also just gives you that thing on the back of your mind of fuck, I've got to look after these people and I've got to afford to pay for their stuff. And when you're on the pursuit of achieving your dreams and your goals, it's very hard to manage those thoughts and the pursuit of those goals because a lot of the time, there's a lot of things you have to do that get no results and no money comes in. You said you've been doing 300 episodes. Like that's a long game of, you know, trying like being able to get sponsors on a podcast is hard. Yeah. You need to be able to get downloads. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got a sponsor, two sponsors locked in for my podcast, but it's because I've got the audience and I've built that up. But like for someone starting out, like it's tough. And so I guess the, the, the only thing I can say is make sure that you are, keep, you are continuing to take steps forward, maybe not at a velocity in which I was risking and taking steps forward, but keep moving forward, like keep doing things day in, day out. I would look at my goals and where I want to achieve. I would backtrack it all the way to steps that you can do every single day to get you closer to those goals. So then the time comes where you've been taking steps and you get 100 steps down the line, and it comes like, okay, there's, there's a little bit of money coming in here. There's a little bit of money coming here. I can manage this. I've got a run rate of this, but I can be making this and then supplementing that of my savings and I'll be able to go full sprint this for six months. Sweet. That's a six-month runway. 
pretty happy with that. I could probably get this job. I could probably get this job again if I if I need to get it again. Let's just go hard for six months now that I've got that runway. And if shit hits the fan, I'll just go get another job. I'll be able to get the job that I'm doing now again easily. And if anything, six months down the line of going all in in business, I'll be a way better person than I was. So I'll probably be able to get a job if not better. So let's let's make sure I've got a little bit of a runway so I can look after my family and my kids. But then I can go all in on, on the things that actually matter and the things that I want. Yeah. The biggest thing for me is like, obviously I'm one of those people who has a family, has kids, and I'm trying to build this business. The big thing I tell people is, do not use that as an excuse not to go out there and achieve what you want to achieve. It may take longer and you may not be able to take the risks that you want to take, but just go out there and pursue it because you don't want to get, as you said, on your deathbed and look back at your life and have regret of, fuck, I wish I would have done that. Having a family, for me, is, is the biggest blessing. It's a big driving force for me to grow what I'm growing now. And I spoke to you about this media company that I've, I've started 12 months ago. I made 20 grand from it last year. This year I'm projected to make 50, 60. I've already made 10 grand in two months this year. Nice. Just by putting in the repetitions, by growing it to a point where I'm like, okay, cool. I can slowly start to pull away from my day job and go into this. I'm not just going cold turkey because I know I've got bills to pay. But you're never going to get to that stage if you don't start something. If you go, oh, I've got a family, I've got bills, I can't pursue this. But you're going to come home from work and watch Netflix. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your time? You could spend that time reading a book, listening to podcasts, building a business. Don't use that stuff as an excuse. And for me, that pressure of having a family is actually a privilege. Mm. Because it is, for me personally, a driving force to grow what I'm growing now. Yeah. If I had a family and I was working full time, there ain't no way I'm reading books. I would do an assessment of the 24 tokens that you have each day in terms of your time. And I'd be very wise with where you're using each of those tokens. So you've got 24 of them. Eight of them are going to go to sleep. That's important. I didn't have that last night. But <laughs> eight, eight, of those, eight of them are going to sleep. So that's important, right? Make sure you're keeping your sleep. Eight of them are going to work. If you work in a full-time job, if you're traveling even more than that, you've got to consider all your hours in the day. So now you're only left with six, eight, eight, eight more tokens. Right. So you've got eight hours to work with. You've got to eat, cook food. If you've got a family, you've got to look after the kids. It's probably another four hours at least. So then you're left with another four hours maximum. So you've got four tokens out of your 24 spare, maybe two hours in the morning before you go to work and before you look after the kids, take them to school, and two hours at night. You got four hours. Do not spend 30 minutes of that reading a book. You need to spend those hours doing the thing because you don't have enough time. I would write down the top 10 actions that you can do and that, that are going to move the needle. The top 10 that are actually going to move the needle. And what I would do is I would do them from start to finish, like from number one priority action that's going to move the needle, two, three, four, go to 10. I would cross out the bottom five, don't even worry about them. I would circle the top one and go, that's the priority. When I've done all the tasks for that, then I work on two, three, four, and five. And I'll just do that. And focus on all of the things that are actually going to move the needle in your life. Because recognize that if you've only got four hours maximum spare in your day, and that is if you're pushing the boundaries, that is if you are getting up really early and you're 
staying up past the kid's bedtime to do some work because you've got to have family time. You've got to eat, you've got to work, you've got to drive everything. If you've only got four hours, like use that shit wisely. Like don't just talk about doing the thing in those four hours. Don't just procrastinate and plan doing the thing, like do the thing because you don't have long. Mm. And if you're only doing four hours, then a thing that someone has 12 hours a day to do is going to take you, even if, if you're being as optimal with your time, it's going to take you three times the time. So if it takes you some, a normal person three years to achieve that, it's going to take you nine. Talk to me about work-life balance and on the other side of that, the sacrifice that you need to take to be able to build a business or mm. build a personal brand or build whatever you want to build. People are so wanting to have this work-life balance and they're striving for it. And they're like, oh, I need this, need this so I can have balance in my life. But I feel like if you're chasing that work-life balance too much, it actually becomes detrimental to what you're actually trying to achieve. And for me, it's like, what are your priorities? Mm. Because one day it's going to be have to be 80% work, 20% family. And the other day, we, you know, alternate. But you speak about macro balance. Mm. And I heard you talk about focusing on health, time and relationships. Talk into that for me. Yeah, well, I don't believe in balance and I don't believe that the goal should be balanced, a balanced life. I just don't think that's a balanced life would be working throughout the week, partying on the weekend and doing that. That sounds like rat race cycle to me. I don't believe in balanced life. I don't think that's, that's true. Macro balance and micro imbalance. So macro over the year. I'll be, I'm going to be balanced. Like I'm going to have times where I'm doing a lot less workload and just spending time. But when you truly want to get after something and you're really driven to do it, you can't be balanced. You can't just go have one night out on the weekend and think you're going to bounce back and be as optimal as you were if you weren't drinking. So I like to do sprints. I like to split my year and my life up in sprints. So when it's a business sprint, there's no balance. Because when I'm sprinting in business, I'm moving the needle by going all in on that thing and focusing on one, on that thing and doing that thing. But then there's going to be times where I'm not doing that and I might relax a little bit more. It's very hard for me to do that, relax. But like, but like that's when I'll look at doing that. But I, as I said before, like, I don't think the goal should be balance. You said it about your priorities. You just got to understand where you are in your life where you are now, where you don't want to be, and where you want to be. And go, are these actions that I'm doing today getting me closer to where I don't want to be or where I want to be? And if you literally do that, it's quite easy to be motivated to do the things that are actually going to move the needle. Because if you write down the actions that, are actually, that you're doing right now and you feel like most of them are going to where you don't want to be, it's pretty easy to stop. Because, okay, I just keep going on this path, I'll end up a person I don't want to be, a person I'm not proud of when I look in the mirror. But if you look at the place where you want to be and you go, okay, all of these tasks that I can do are actually not taking me a step backwards, they're taking me a step forward. And understanding that is where you're really going to be able to move the needle. I, don't, I think balance is, is, a, is a marketing play that's being put in by someone higher up that is tricking you into not living any level of significance in your life. But you, the second thing you asked in that question was, um, was about the health time and relationships you have a concept called htr that me and my best friend sam created in lockdown in 2020 
It's health, time, and relationships. And if you start from the back, there are relationships. Relationships are the most important thing in our life, I feel. Being able to have people to spend the moments with, romantically, platonically, family, friends, it's so important, right, to have the relationships. I feel like those are what matter. But if you have no time to spend on those relationships, the T in HDR, you can't spend time on those relationships, meaning you can't build those relationships, meaning the relationships are probably pointless because you have no time to spend on them. And time can be swapped out for business because what business does is it unlocks your time, frees up your time. So the way to free up your time, so the T and the HDR, is by creating wealth and business so then you can delegate the things that are taking up your time. But the next thing to that is the H, health. If you're not healthy, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, if you're not healthy, then the time that you have free is not healthy time, meaning you're not spending healthy time on those relationships to cherish them and flourish them. And the next thing to that on the health is you can have all the money, friends, time in the world, but if you're lying on a hospital bed because you're ill, then you may as well not have any of it. And so it just comes down to health, time, relationships, most important things in your life. Health being the absolute important to unlock the rest, but relationships being the most important to your emotional well-being and happiness. So when you reassess that and go, okay, what do I actually need in my life? And then you build your priorities around that and you focus on that. And you maybe, I mean, the self-assessment tool in, in my bio is literally asking in the HTR sections of your life, who do I want to be? Who do I not want to be? And who am I now? And assessing that, you can start to get your priorities in line and really figure out where you want to be and how you're going to get there. Yeah, I, I say that health is always going to be the foundation of your success. Without that, you've got nothing. How important is it to you to, to train every day and to focus on your health, to allow you to free up time and then focus on your relationships? It unlocks everything. Like, I can't take a fat person seriously. Like, as harsh as that is, people are not going to like what I just said. But I can't take them seriously. Like, it shows me that your priorities are skewed. And I know that's a hectic thing for some people to feel. But understand that I can't go into business with someone that's overweight because your priorities are skewed. You have not realized what life's about and the body that you've been able, you've been gifted to live in and to have. You're an able human being and you are unable to look after the thing that actually matters. And so I can't take it seriously. And equally, when you are in good shape and people look to you and like when you're in good shape, people take you more seriously as well because they know that you look after your health. It's an attractive thing. And so I think even when you strip back all the things that it allows me to do and unlocks me to do, that alone is a big enough driver to keep going. So people actually take me seriously. So people have what I, like the things I say, they actually believe what I say to some degree because you, you need to look after your body. Like it's, it's the driving force for you to stay on this planet for longer, for you to function cognitively, for you to be able to operate at a high level, for you to be able to, you know, have more endurance and 
um, cardiovascular, like, like there's so many things, the list goes on, but I think it's literally so important and you've got to make no exceptions and have it at a, you don't have to be shredded. You don't have to be, you know, this, this jacked dude, but I just think you've got to be healthy. You've got to set a baseline of where that is, where that standard is for you and don't let it go below that. And I think that comes down to just eating the right fuel and eating good quality produce and, and stuff for your body. I think that goes a long way. Um, and then just training regularly, getting the heart rate up as much as you can um, is is really important. Don't doesn't You don't have to be a strength trainer or someone in the gym. Like you just need to, I think looking healthy is really, really important. You mentioned that you go through different periods of, of the year where you go for, for example, a business sprint, right? If you're in one of those business sprints, how do you still prioritize your health and fitness when you're just so heavily focused on building the business? Yeah, I think there's three main things and it comes back down to HTR again. But you've got your relationships, you've got your business, career, and then you've got your health. And I think these are the most important things in your life. Relationships, business, and health or career, whatever it is. Now, if you want to go all in on all of those you can't do it. You can't go all in on all of them. So you've got to pick one for a lot of the time and go all in on that. But what's important is if you go all in on one, the other two can't go below that baseline point. You've got to set a level in which is a non-negotiable standard to keep in all three of these areas for your whole life, I think. And when you're doing these sprints, you can't go all in on your health but you best believe you've got to keep it at a, at a maintenance. Even to operate at the standard in which you need at a business sprint, you can't let it drop below maintenance. But I think having that maintenance line and being able to maintain that, maybe that's I'm going to commit to going to the gym three days a week and I'm going to make sure I'm eating the right food and I'm not going to drink alcohol maybe because if I'm doing a sprint, like I need to, I need to be cognitively switched on as well. So like... That could be it. But then maybe like you want to, maybe the business drops off a bit and you really want to pick up that fitness and stuff. You go, okay, I'm going to maintain, maintain that business career, maintain the relationships, and then I'm going to go all in. You might have a baby or a kid or a new partner that you think could be your potential wife. And you go, okay, I'm going to go all in on my relationships now because that's really important for me. And I'm going to keep the health and the business at a standard. So that's how I manage that. I can definitely feel the difference when I'm above that maintenance line or I'm below it. A couple of months ago, I was going so heavily into business that I neglected the health side of things and even relationship to a degree. And I just felt like shit. Mm-hmm. I looked like shit, no confidence. I was like, yeah, I'm building this business, but what's the point of that if you don't have your health? And a big thing, especially when it comes to relationships, and I've spoken about this a couple of times, is a couple of years ago I was at a couple's retreat and they told us to write down our goals and here I am just writing down all my personal goals and the guy comes up to me and goes like Nick this is great but where are your couple goals you're just so heavily focused on yourself that you're neglecting all these other areas of your life yes it's cool if you achieve that but what if you do achieve that and you look around and you have no one with you you have no health what's the point and that flipped the switch in me. I was like, oh, shit. I really need to focus on these other areas because without them, it's cool to have the business, but 
not going to be worth anything, really. It's pointless. You're going to die and it's going to go. It's pointless. It's it's literally, yeah, it's dumb. And, you know, a lot of the goal setting I take my clients through is I catch them up so much. I go, like, what are your goals? Like, what do you actually want? What actually, what actually do you want in your life? And they go, I want to get to this level in my job or I want to get to the C-suite. Um in the company that I'm working at or I want to make this much money, I want to buy this car and stuff. And I go, okay, that's that's cool, but that doesn't define you. Like, what is the life that you want to live? Like, that's the goal that actually matters. When you, if you were to map out your dream day, what does that look like? From start to finish, wake up and sleep, how does that look? I want you to know and feel what that looks like. That is a goal. Because that is what you actually want in your life. That's what matters. It's not about the car. That can be a part of it, for sure. And I get you to get clear on what that is and how much that costs so you can actually believe it's possible. But that's not what matters. Like, for me, it's like, like, as a, like get, getting really clear on, like, like it, for me, this was what gets me going as a goal setting. It's like, as I wake up in my penthouse in palm beach on the gold coast my automatic blinds open as the sun is rising i see the sunrise over the water and there's dolphins bound, jumping jumping out in the morning and my wife taps me on the shoulder and says good morning babe we both go down for a swim down at the beach um and we're hugging each other as the sun is rising in the water we then go back and make the kids lunches get them ready to go to school as we drop them to school we come back um and then we do a workout in our home gym followed by a sauna like like that is like tangible. That is the life I want to live. Now, making money is what it's going to take to get there and building a, a beautiful relationship and mastering romantic relationships and wealth creation to get there. And don't get me wrong, I've got goals in that, that area. But they are just the vehicle to get me to that, that life. I want to get clear on what, what that is, what it actually is that I want. Because like too often we're going around with, with the arrow pulled back but no target to shoot. And the target's not the business goal. Like get more serious about like the life goal and like what, what life means to you. So you want a family in the future? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. What, what's, what's the driving force for you to have a family? I um, I want my son to, when he gets asked the question, who is his biggest role model, I want him to say his father. And, like, the reality is, like, I love my dad's bits, but when I get asked that question, I don't say my father because he doesn't have a life that I want to live. Um, and that is, like, a massive driver. Um I want to be my son's biggest role model. And when you look at that, you go, all the characteristics that I need to earn and make become, like uh, the, the, the characteristics that I need to be made up of as a person is going to require a lot of work. And that journey is where I'm going to build all those characteristics. But for me to be that person that my son looks up to and is his biggest role model, I can't have an ordinary life. Like I've got to be, I've got to be mastering all the areas of my life because for me, I've got a high standard and I'm going to make sure my son has a high standard too. 
And if I don't have that high standard life, I can't expect him to say that when he gets asked. When he gets asked the question, who's your biggest role model as a little kid or even as an adult, I want him to say his father. Like that's a huge driving force. When you actually think about that, like you've got kids, are they girls or boys? My little daughter's two years old. Little daughter's two years old. Yeah, yeah. And like the feeling you have to make her proud and just like do make a life for her that she is going to be very grateful that her father did that for you. Is that, that's a big driver for Fucking you. Fucking earth. Like, for example, she loves coming into this studio, right? She walks in, camera, camera, sits on the chair in front of the microphone. And she loves seeing what I'm doing, doing and building because I'm building that foundation for her. And I'm setting an example for her. I'll be in the gym doing handstand push-ups and she tries to do it, do it herself. And she counts, she goes, one, two, three. And I go, yay, clap her on. And she just feels so happy and confident within herself. But that all starts with me taking action and leading by example as a father. Mm. And fuck, that feels good, man, knowing that I am creating that that path for her to go on. Yeah. And there's so many other, like I want to recreate, I want to have, I want to keep this dynasty going. I want to create a forever inspiration snowball that stands the test of time, that leaves a footprint on my current generation, my children's generation, their children's generation and beyond. And when you look at it and go, by not keeping this going and being able to like the ability to be able to bring up a a child the way I would, would have wanted to be brought up is so awesome. But then equally, when you look at all the other drivers that comes with having children, I need the right wife to be the mother to my children. So I need to keep level. It it all comes back to leveling up me. Like, Everything comes back to leveling up me. If I just focus on leveling up me, everything else is going to start to level up. If I want to have the an amazing mother to my children, I need to be a pretty amazing man to attract that mother to my children. So I need to keep leveling up so then I can attract the most gorgeous wife so that I'm attracted to her. But then equally, she's going to be an amazing mom to my future children. And then we're going to be able to, build that family dynasty and keep going and keep, keep, you know, spreading that message and and that power. And, um, and yeah, these are all drivers to that stem back to working on yourself. But yes, certainly, certainly having a family is a big thing for me. Do you feel like there's going to be anything that's going to hold you back from achieving this, this dynasty and going on the path that you're on now? Have you thought about that? There's nothing that's going to hold me back. Yeah. Nah, nah. There's, there's, um, there's, you have doubts and stuff, that's for sure. But there's like, like, it's so clear to me. Like the confidence that I've got in myself, like, like that quote from Alex Hormozzi, like you don't gain confidence by shouting affirmations in the mirror. It's by stacking undeniable proofs that you are who you say you are. I've been through the shit, like, People don't even understand what I've gone through the last few years when I when I moved to Sydney and and and, and took a punt. Like uncomfortable is an understatement. Like, like the worst feelings, and I'm so like I've gotten to a point now where the hard times I'm so numb to the hard times because of how many I've been through that I literally can laugh them off and say this is going to make the story even better. Because it's been shit. There's been so much shit. There's so much stuff that people don't see. And like, 
by going through all those hard times has stacked confidence and undeniable proofs that I am who I say I am. And for me, I have no doubt in the world that everything that I want is going to come to, to life. And it's all going to be, it's, it, it, I'm all going to achieve it. It's already happened. Time is just catching up. Talk to me about those dark times where you know, you're sitting in a room, probably maybe by yourself at night, you're questioning, is what I'm doing actually going to pay off? How do you continue to pick yourself up and keep turning up each and every day? Yeah, it, it's always by yourself. Like you don't have anyone. It's lonely. The lonely chapter is so real. Like I spoke about it on Morgan's podcast, but the lonely chapter is so real. Like you don't have anyone. Like if you're if you're going on this journey, like you've got to recognize, like you don't have you don't have anyone. Like. Like you can have your best friends and stuff and, and that's cool, but like it's lonely. Like it's it's yourself. And so when you go that deep into challenging times, you get really comfortable with being alone because it's happened time and time again. And you don't have someone that you can call. And like when I when I say lonely, I don't mean loneliness in the sense that you're not getting enough attention. Not loneliness in the sense that you don't have enough people around you. It's loneliness in the sense that no one understands you. Like you have no one to relate to. You have no one that you can call that will honestly just be able to sit there and say, I get it. I know the feeling. And like that is the type of loneliness that I'm I'm talking about. It's the time that no one sees. It's it's like it's that time where you question what you're doing, as you said. You you question why you're putting yourself through all this pain for. <laughs> like you sit there and just go like, is it to prove something to someone else? Is it to prove something for yourself? Like, cause there's certainly easier ways to live life. Um, but you just remind yourself that like, it's so your future self thanks you. It's so your future family thanks you. It's so, yeah, your children like, thank you for the life that you've been able to give them. And, yeah, it, it certainly is is a tough journey, that's for sure. Are you still in that lonely phase now? Yeah, I, d I don't think it it goes away for a while. Um, you know, like you can have all you, you you can have like so many people around you, but it's still when you're in this building phase, it's lonely because like. You can't like no. You can hang out with. You can have normal friends that aren't doing this journey, but like they just, you just don't relate to them. You don't get it. You don't want to tell them about your shit because, like, they're doing a living completely different lives. So yeah, hundred percent. Still in this lonely, lonely phase. It's still really tough. There's still days where, like, like. I have that I have the most amount of eyes that I've ever had on me in my life and the last since June last year has been the most amount of attention I've ever had in my life yet yeah, it's been the most lonely I've ever felt and like when you conceptualize that you go you have the most amount of attention you have the most amount of people supporting you hundreds of messages every single week yet you feel the most lonely you've ever been and when you like that polarity is a hectic one that plays in your mind because you see everyone like you see people and like they're like yeah you're doing so well man 
fucking oath I'm doing well externally and I'm still doing well internally. And I'm, I've like, I'm, I'm living a pretty good life. I'm very blessed. But let me tell you, there's times where you don't want to, like, there's times where it's tough. It's really fucking tough. And you've got to keep going through those times. And it's certainly, yeah, last year was, was the most challenging year of my life. Now this year's a lot more fruitful. There's a lot of really exciting things that I'm working on and it makes getting out of bed really easy, um, which is, I'm so blessed. I'm in a really good place at the moment. Um, you know, there's not financial struggles. There's, um, a lot of things that I can strive towards and, and there's a lot of goals that I'm, uh, and a lot of opportunities I'm starting that are really exciting and it's exciting to be living right now. It's great. I'm loving it. Um, but don't get me wrong. You still go through those challenges. You still go through hard times. They're just different problems than a lot of, a lot of other people. Yeah. It's, we go through different seasons and for me, it's just like, just remembering life's beautiful. Like, like, how boring would life be if it was just all sunshine and rainbows and there was no adversity, there's no ups, there's no downs. It's just, just flat line kind of thing. Like, we need the you, ups and downs. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. need you need the good, you need the bad, the highs, the lows to make life exciting for you to be able to grow and to move on to a next season with that knowledge, with all that those tools in your in your backpack to be able to go to a next level again. There's there's never going to be a period in your life i feel like for people like ourselves where we're, we're always striving for something more there's never going to be a period where we're just like oh yeah this is sweet because you yeah. always want something more you always want to achieve something more and that's the way we grow to become i believe the best version of ourselves but why do we want to achieve more everyone's different to prove something to ourselves maybe why do you I don't think it's to prove something to ourselves. I think that it's the pursuit of the goal that actually matters. It's the journey. It's the journey. And and by not having a goal and not having something to strive towards, the fulfillment lies in the progression and the enjoyment lies in the progression. And like, if you're not progressing in something in an area of your life, it's a lot harder to do that thing. Mm. If your business is stagnant, it's a lot harder to, if your content's getting no views, it's a lot harder to keep posting the content because you start going viral and all you want to do is film content. Yeah. You got all the time in the world to do content. When the business is not growing and it's, and it's stagnant and it's not progressing, it's a lot harder to keep pushing through. There's no motivation. There's no like motivation there. It's discipline. Like it's, it's hard. It, when your relationships are stagnant and they're not progressing, if you're not, keeping things fun in, in a romantic relationship or you're not doing inspiring and exciting stuff with your friends, you're not as motivated to hang out with them. You'd just rather be alone a lot of the time because you're not progressing. So the enjoyment and the happiness is a lot of the time tied to the progressing. So the reason we want to keep progressing in life is because we need to keep striving and build like, like the journey to that goal and that progression is where the happiness lies, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah. And so when I actually strip back why we want to progress, it's not to prove something, certainly at some point, but every single mountain you climb, you look up and there's another one. 
Like yeah. you get to the top of that mountain and you just look up and see another big mountain that you're waiting to climb. You're never content. Like it's, it's, I think it's, it's in us to be progressing. Um, and yeah. And look, it's a, it's a, it's a battle. You've got to, you got to pick your battles wisely, but a lot of us on this, on this entrepreneurial route, pick this path of, of greatness and it never ends. It is scary because you go like, when is it going to end? And you don't really know. And in those times where you are questioning, is it going to end? Is it going to be like worth it, worth all this time and energy? They're the periods where you realize, hey, was this just something that I thought was cool? Or is this something that I'm truly all in on it and that I love? Mm -hmm. Because, for example, this podcast, I'm not making heaps of money from it. I'm 300 episodes in, five years in. A lot of people give up after, uh, I think the stats are like 10 episodes or something, right? Mm -hmm. For me to be at nearly 300, it just goes to show that I love what I do because it's being able to connect with people, to grow in the skill of communication, personal development. I've said to everyone, podcasting for me personally has been the biggest personal development journey out there. Mm -hmm. I can read all the books, listen to podcasts, but for me to actually sit here and have conversations with people like yourself, man, that's that's free knowledge right there and i get to tap into your mind mm. it's, it's fucking amazing but more importantly you're actually learning from you speaking as mm. well you're learning more from yourself than from everyone else the power about podcasts is i don't know if you edit it all yourself but yeah like, i do everything <laughs> yeah and so like you're listening back to the podcast and you're listening to everywhere where you messed up as well my biggest advice when I started my my last podcast, I listened back to everything. And if I said a filler word maybe 20 times in an episode, I'm going to go, okay, next episode I'm going to try to say it under 10. And then next episode I'm going to try to say it under five. And then the next episode I'm not going to try, I'm going to try not say that filler word at all. Or there's filler phrases. You might say like, you might say, uh, who knows what you could say, but there's so many different filler words, phrases. And the more you listen to yourself speak, Andrew Tate talks about this all the time. He listens back to every podcast he goes on multiple times and just listens to him speak and picks all of his imperfections. Why do you reckon he's a good speaker? Because he's obsessed at becoming a good speaker. Like the best way we can learn is from ourselves. Like the greatest thing about all these videos that I make is I'm spending all this time editing them, listening to them. The lesson that I'm that I'm saying in the video is getting instilled into me. I could probably recite like 50 videos right now because I've listened to them so many times, 15 times to film the video and, and master it, memorize the script. Then I've got to edit the video, listen to it time and time again, make sure the audio is right, the sounds right, the captions are right. Then I post it and it goes viral. And when it's viral, I want to listen to it again because people are engaging in it and all this stuff. So I keep listening to it. I've probably listened to videos like 50 times, one video. And so you go, that lesson, if it wasn't instilled into me, it bloody is now. Mm. And so the best way you can learn is by yourself and documenting. That's a great way to start and help do that. Definitely. I recommend everyone just document the journey. You don't even have to share it on social media. Just have it there so you can go back and reflect on it. Yeah. Chris, as we start to wrap up this episode, we have a closing tradition where the previous guest leaves a question for the next guest without knowing who it is. And the question for you is, Chris, on your deathbed, what do you want to say to yourself about your life? And are you doing the things now that would make you proud? Hmm. 
Yeah, well, I mean, on on the deathbed, it's like my scariest thought is be lying on there or going up to the gates of 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 the universe after I pass and meeting the person who I could have become, my potential. That's scary. Like not giving the things that I not doing the things that I actually wanted, not pushing myself to actually achieve a life that's exceptional. Um, the the things I want to be saying when I sit back is is a pat on the back going, good work, mate. You gave it everything you got. Like, as simple as it sounds, I want to be lying there going, what a life. As Matthew McConaughey says, this was living. He goes, this is living. L-I-V-I-N. Like, like being able to sit back there, no stones, un- stones unturned and go, fucking oath i gave that a crack like i'd be lying on the deathbed going like like man like how was that for life <laughs> if only everyone lived to that that like that you know and and having that excitement about the deathbed is pretty powerful because you know like if i'm sitting on that deathbed and i'm feeling that way i'm gonna be feeling pretty good about myself because like i gave it a crack but what I would not want to be doing is going there and going, oh, I wish I did this. Oh, imagine if I did this. Oh, I'm a bit old for that now. I might have, oh, well, oh, well. Hopefully someone else can do it for me. Like, like age is a, is a killer, quite literally, because you get mentally. I think it, 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 it fucks you up mentally more than it fucks you up physically. Because as soon as you tell yourself that you're getting old and you're not able to do the things that you did when you were young, you're signaling to your brain like that you are getting old. And there's so much science and studies on the fact that when you think that you are old, you age. <laughs> and um, for me, it's just being as, as young as I can for as long as I can. Like the reason I want to have kids fairly young is so I can kick the footy with my son, no dramas, and um, for a long time. And... Uh, and, and yeah, and, and to answer the second part of that question about am I doing the things now, I think entirely. I think if you can be conscious of even answering that question and knowing how you want to live your life, if you're not doing the things, then like you need to do a serious audit of your priorities in your life because like that's where it's heading. Like you're going to die. Like when you understand that everyone's going to die, just how would you want to be remembered and how how's the life you want to live like you would not want to be saying oh well imagine if you did a job that you didn't even want to do your parents told you to do it and you did it for your whole life and then you got to your deathbed and you're remembered for a job that you did your whole life that you never even liked like let that sink in like let that sit in your stomach like I don't think anyone could let that sit comfortably. Could you? No. I don't think anyone could let let that sit comfortably. But that's how 99% of people live their life. Like, think about that. That's how how everyone lives their life. Like, you're in the top 1% if you're not that. And like, when you understand that, you go, what is even the point of living if you're not doing the things that you want to do? You're living someone else's life in your body. It seems so unfulfilling and draining for me. And so if I just hope if someone's listening to this that's in those shoes right now, they can just take that leap, make that first step, 
give something a crack. Do something for you for once. Because, like, there's one more thing I'll say is, like, you're always going to have yourself by your side. And you, if you, if your friends treated you the way that you treat you, you probably wouldn't be friends with them. We're our biggest critics. We're always harsh on ourselves. We're always so mean to ourselves. Try not to lose your self-respect, your own respect. Like look after you first and do the things for you, not for everyone else, because that's when you're actually going to start making steps and things in your life that actually matter to you. Chris, thank you so much, man. I'm excited to follow the journey. Appreciate it, man.